So I think maybe they will have some kind of rebound soon. Okay. Well, in the meantime, over the very short term, enjoy your weekend. Thank you both very much. That's uh, Lashar, Asia Chief Economist at BBVA Research, Tariq Dennison, Wealth Manager at GFM Asset Management. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. For the final time this week, let's have a look at the markets. The ASX 200 in Australia off about 1%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is down 1.5%. The Cosby in South Korea is off two-thirds of a percent. Futures markets indicating a flat open for the Hang Seng after eight days of declines. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is up slightly, $74.53 a barrel. uh, And gold is down slightly at $1,802 an ounce. Do have a great weekend and do please join me again on Monday morning at 8 o'clock for Money Talk. And also please stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Daddy Gissings very shortly. The weather forecast for today, fine, very hot during the day. Maximum temperature of about 34 degrees, mainly fine and remaining very hot in the next few days. And in fact, the very hot weather warning is in force right now. It's 29 degrees, 79% relative humidity. 8.31, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. Pfizer and BioNTech have announced they'll seek regulatory authorization for a third dose of their COVID-19 vaccine, saying they believe it may be needed within six to 12 months after full vaccination based on drop-offs in efficacy seen in Israel after six months. Initial data from an ongoing trial also showed a third shot pushed antibody levels five to ten times higher against the original coronavirus strain. The companies expect a third dose will perform similarly well against the highly transmissible Delta strain, which is quickly becoming dominant. Two new studies have reaffirmed earlier research that the first dose of a two-shot vaccine offers poor protection against the Delta variant. Scientists found mutations in the variant allow it to evade the antibodies produced by a single jab. The research found the combined effects of two doses provide very good protection. The World Health Organization says Africa has experienced its most devastating week so far of the pandemic, with worse yet to come. The WHO's regional director for Africa, Matsudiso Moeti, said cases are doubling every 18 days and infection rates would continue to rise. The challenge is that as this variant spreads to more and more countries geographically, they will also take off in terms of the speed of the increase in number of cases. So I think we're in for some weeks of a very difficult situation, a third wave, which by now has already overtaken what we saw previously in the region. President Biden has defended the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, saying the status quo was not an option. He insisted the U.S. military had achieved its goals by punishing the perpetrators of the September the 11th attacks. I will not send another generation of Americans to war in Afghanistan with no reasonable expectation of achieving a different outcome. The United States cannot afford to remain tethered to policies, creating a response to a world as it was 20 years ago. We need to meet the threats where they are today. Mr. Biden accepted there was uncertainty about the future of Afghanistan as the Taliban continued to gain ground, raising the possibility of a renewed civil war. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about regulating social media and about senior councils. 
Donald Trump says he is filing a lawsuit against Facebook, Twitter and Google over his social media bans. In China, there have been reports of WeChat deleting accounts of LGBT organisations run by student groups and non-governmental organisations. Locally in Hong Kong, an industry group backed by Google, Facebook and Twitter has warned the government that tech companies might stop investing here and offering their services if it goes ahead with proposed changes to privacy laws. And the chief executive, Carrie Lam, has said lax supervision of social media has led to the prevalence of fake news and anti-China and anti-police information. How should governments and laws deal with social media companies? They're always more or less regulated. Where do you find the right balance? Who should be in charge? Are the big companies simply offering platforms for citizens to speak freely? Should they police themselves as far as possible? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us backchat at rthk.hk or you can call us and our number is 233-88266 233-88266 After 9.15 we're going to be talking about the issue of solicitors taking silk as the Bar Association openly opposes the plan to allow legal officers in the Department of Justice to attain the title of a senior counsel. Once again our email is backchat at rthk uh, .hk uh, Just before we get into the main topic a few uh, emails on related and unrelated uh, issues. Let's see. Uh, Andrew Kay says, so Biden recognizes a state of emergency regarding Hong Kong, but not on his immigration policy failures on his southern border. What a clown he is. That's from uh, Andrew Kay. CW says on the three high ranking government officials breaking coronavirus rules. This is a serious breach of trust with the Hong Kong public by these three high-ranking government officials. This is also a serious infringement of the coronavirus rules imposed by the Hong Kong government. They should have no option but to be asked to stand down and resign. Public trust needs to be re-established. That's from uh, CW. Uh, Mary says, now that it's been revealed that high-ranking officials have been flouting the social distancing regulations, refunds should be paid to the many ordinary citizens who have been fined for those offences, often under spurious circumstances. Circumstances. An apology should be made to Tanya Chan for the stress she was subject to, recharges that she had organised an illegal assembly at a bar. The revelations of double standards is unacceptable when we are bombarded with messages expounding righteous morality and law and order on a daily basis. That comes uh, from Mary. And Matthew says, it's now quite obvious that that it's inevitable freedom of information in Hong Kong will be on a par with the mainland within the next year or two. Hong Kong's new improved electoral system means that we are now also effectively living directly under one-party authoritarian dictatorship and it's impossible for such systems to sustain if there is free information flow. That means it's now certain all genuinely independent media will be driven out, that there will be a firewall around the internet restricting international media, and that the likes of Google, Facebook and Twitter will be forced to exit the market. Of course, RTHK will also continue its rapid transformation into a local Hong Kong state media outlet, and Backchat will be gone, or if it's not, then it will be so watered down that even the patriotic new listener cadre won't bother listening. That's from Matthew. Thanks very much indeed. Backchat at rthk.hk. Our guest in the main topic this morning, we have uh, Chris Young, who's a veteran journalist and former chair of the Hong Kong Journalists Association. In our Queensway studio, Wong Ho Wah, a member of the election committee for the IT subsector and convener of the Open Data Working Group for the Internet Society of Hong Kong. And also join us is Sean Rain. Sean Rain is the founder of the China Market Research Group. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Backchat. Let's go, let's go. Chris Young, let's go to you first. And 
And um, uh, picking up on the, that, that last comment from a listener talking about um, uh, suggesting the Great Firewall might extend to Hong Kong and also mentioning, of course, um, uh, this threat by Google, Facebook and uh, Twitter possibly to, um, to pull out of, of Hong Kong. Are, are, are we heading for that kind of scenario here, Chris Young? What's, it, what's, what's your thought? Um, I think that's, that's certainly the, the worst fear, uh, say, um, among, say, um, the Internet providers and then, uh, in fact, among the netizens here, that um, somehow we are, we, we are moving towards uh, that, that direction. And, and, of course, at this time, um, the Asia Internet Coalition uh, has uh, issued a, in fact, it's a pretty, pretty detailed um, response uh, to post amendment um, to the um, to the PVC to the PVC law, uh, which is of course uh, focusing on boxing, but, but I think it, it broadly reflects uh, the uh, growing concerns uh, among uh, among those uh, internet providers and, and netizens that um, there are more and more restrictions uh, on say uh, free freedom of the information, freedom of expressions um, as. Say, uh, as it's evidently manifested in the past year of implementation of the national security law, and 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 many of the things that the government has done, uh, including uh, those restrictions uh, to to media reporting, uh, etc. and and etc. etc. and um, and then of course uh, one positive, perhaps uh, in quote, uh, uh, that emerged from uh, this uh, controversy is that uh, the government uh, responds. And, and said they will consult and meet with uh, this uh, co- coalition. And um, even though, well, well, they are in fact the, the, the major stakeholders, but, but apparently had not been um, uh, connected, say, during the process of legislative amendment, which is uh, which is not not, not characteristics of uh, the previous government of um, operation that uh, when 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 doing major changes to the law. Uh, they will do, say, uh, adequate consultation. But this time, apparently, uh, these big, big giants uh, are left in the dark. I, I mean, I wanted to broaden this as, uh, as well. You know, in an in introduction, it talked about what's happening in, in other places uh, in the world. Because there's a lot of overlap, isn't there, with, with uh, similar problems facing uh, administrations uh, in different places. In the United States, you have a lot of controversy over uh, the attack on the Capitol and so on, and the part that uh, social media played in that. And, and um, you know, Donald Trump statements, of course, the, the president of the United States is banned from the most popular social media sites the former president is banned from the uh, most popular media sites in the country so it's you know it's a big scale uh, kind of issue all over the world um, uh, governments are struggling to to find the right balance between uh, their uh, setting the rules for social media and social media policing themselves um, uh, you know do, could you see it in that context and uh, in that context it's, it's it's nothing special what we have in hong kong um Social media has become extremely powerful here, as uh, anywhere else, and naturally, uh, governments are interested in and uh, concerned about the uh, some of the ill effects that are coming from that. Well, exactly. I think um, this is. Uh, I think technology moves so fast uh, that the the government, the operators, uh, and the law uh, have to cope with those uh, changes. And uh, in the United States, uh, we we've seen, say, say, 
well, not just in the United States, in fact, but around the world, uh, uh, companies like Facebook uh, have been trying uh, to be to be fair to them. I think they've been trying hard to uh, respond, and sometimes uh, they they did say pull down, uh, pull out say uh, a content or posters uh, from 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 Facebook uh, that cause um, that cause say uh, serious problems. Uh, on the case of uh, Donald Trump, uh, I think there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of politics in it, and and then uh, he's and then uh, uh, some of the things that he posts on 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 Facebook did cause uh, uh, a lot of serious serious issues in 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 United States. And um, but I think that that has to be ultimately, I think, a question of balance. And I think that's the that's the issue. In fact, that the uh, the AIC uh, has say detail in the um, in the letter, I think, to the um, uh, to the government, uh, what kind of balance in say like the definition, like the um, uh, the scope and the the, the information, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, in the in, in in the in the letter. But unfortunately, I think the the, the detention was on the um, interpretation of uh, one of the one of one one of the sentences in the in the letter. Uh, which ultimately say led to denial by the government, misleading, inaccurate. But in fact, uh, they have a lot of uh, detailed proposals or questions uh, raised in the letter uh, on the on the law itself, which which should be say I think uh, 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 addressed by the government. Uh, Wong Hawa, good morning. Good morning. So, how how worried is uh, the how is internet providers in in, in Hong Kong about um, possible regulation? Uh, I'm not optimistic on this topic, to be very honest. So it's not just about the uh, anti-dosing amendment, but then back to like five or six months ago when we talk about the Hong Kong Chronicle case. So the Hong Kong Chronicle is, is a website that is is now banned in Hong Kong, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So uh, so at that uh, at that month, so uh, at last, the uh, Hong Kong BN already admits that, uh, which is the Hong Kong Bob brand, so admits that uh, they followed the government order and then to uh, shut down or block the website. So now you can see that uh, even before the amendment of the anti-dosing, you can see that uh, the internet service provider has been stressed by the different regulation already. So now uh, we already have another situation on the anti-dosing that, uh, so look, let alone the local service provider, now even the tech giant also concerned on the amendment. That So they already have a, a legal team, and then, but they still question about the legal basis of the amendment. And also they kind of worry about that of the uh, local worker, uh, their safety or their, their legal rights. That, so we have to explain here that the Hong Kong staff in Google uh, Amazon or even in Facebook, they may not be directly responsible for the content control, but instead they will be working on the uh, marketing platform or the Google search platform or the uh, Google Cloud platform. So which is not really related to the social media, the content, the, con the quality of censorship. But then if the amendment being passed, so they may be prosecuted and then be sentenced or the, uh, to be fined. So that's why the AIC or the tech giant in Asia have such a concern that, so how do they protect the rights of the local staff if the law is passed?
Well, well, isn't there an argument then that they should have people here who can take responsibility because what's posted here uh, concerning local issues has an effect here, has a very real uh, effect in Hong Kong, and so there should be people who can who can carry the can for that. Well, to be very honest, you can see the amount of the content in the internet is really gigantic. There, so like for example, uh, in Facebook. So even, you give up? You just say, "Oh well, there's so much of it, we can't do anything." It's not that so. It's like even they have the artificial intelligence, then still they cannot filter all the polls, to be very honest. So, and then if we just pass the burden to one single person, that may not be so fair. And to be very honest, the content or the social media platform are most likely in the overseas uh, data center. So even if you pass, uh, like put one single person in Hong Kong, then it may not be so helpful in the reality. But I say that then change the reality, bring the bring the supervision uh, of local issues locally, or at least have some responsibility. Yeah, I agree that it uh, there should be some. You know, why should why should Americans be be deciding what people in Hong Kong can or cannot say? That doesn't seem to make sense. Well. Um yeah, that's why it's quite controversial. But mm. then if you talk about you just put a burden to some uh, irrelevant staff, then certainly it is not a uh, really uh, responsible way to the company either. Aren't we entering an era where globally there's going to be more regulation on social media? And you, you look, many other countries uh, mm-hmm. have uh, laws. And I'm sure we'll see lots of examples from the Hong Kong government when they defend what action they're taking. Many countries, including Western democracies, have all kinds of laws now to try and regulate uh, uh, content on social media. Uh, I think different countries may have the different situation. And if you talk about... Uh, in US, then they have the uh, communication decency act. So, but of course, that gives uh, like quite a lot of freedom to the social media platform. That's still quite controversial. The US is somewhat exceptional internationally because, of course, the US has mm-hmm. very, very, very stringent rules about protecting freedom of speech. But if you look at other examples around the world, Australia and so on, they they have various kinds of laws. I know they're not exactly the same as what's been planned in Hong Kong, but. You certainly can find other examples of of laws regulating internet content elsewhere in the world. Uh, that is quite different from Hong Kong, as you can see that uh, when we uh, when the Legislative Council like uh, they have a first draft for the anti-doxing, they mentioned the psychological effect to the victim. Then some of the people may uh, even think that oh, what is the definition of that uh, psychological effect, and then. Even the AIC would think that uh, the definition is too broaden, so uh, too broaden. So it is really hard to execute or really define the scope of the uh, control or the management of the content. Hmm. Sean Rain, good morning to you. Hi there. Thanks very much indeed for for joining us. How would you compare? Uh, your, you know, you operate now in in uh, in the mainland. Uh, how would you compare social media there and social media? Uh, in the uh, US uh, and, and you know what were your thoughts on um, this uh, uh, what you might call wariness or even something more which seems to be developing uh, in the mainland from, from the government towards the uh, big tech companies um, slapping them down one way or another what's going on there do you think well, I think when you, when you talk about the Chinese regulators swatting down the Chinese internet companies this is mostly first about consumer privacy 
it's been clear that, and I've been arguing this for years, but it's been clear in the last year and a half, two years, that private Chinese companies like Alibaba, DD, Tencent, all great innovative companies, but they have way too much data on what individual Chinese are doing. They know where we buy, what we buy, how we buy, when we buy, who we buy for. It's quite dangerous, and it really, I think, the Chinese regulators and the Chinese consumer base started getting concerned um, after COVID hit because we started to have to use health codes and some Tencent and Alibaba, so private Chinese companies. So I think, you know, in the short term, there's going to be a lot of pain. If I was an investor, I certainly would be fleeing Chinese Internet stocks over the next couple of days. But in the long term, this is going to be healthy because we need to have more privacy of data for individual consumers. It is outrageous that Alibaba or Facebook in the United States or any of these global Internet players in many ways have more data and more power than our own national governments have on us. And that's a very scary thing for me. Um, the second part is it's also clear that even though Tencent and Alibaba are fabulous, innovative, wonderful companies that have brought a lot of good to the Chinese people, that they've gotten too big. Um, they've become almost monopolistic, and that's starting to stifle competition and starting to stifle innovation. So I actually, for almost 10 years now, have been saying that the Chinese government should sort of force a breakup of sorts of Tencent and Alibaba to allow a more vibrant Internet ecosystem. In many ways, the government is three to five years too late um, to the party in trying to resolve some of these issues. And they realize it now which is why they're doing it quickly, which I agree with, but it's also causing foreign investors to be overly worried that the Chinese don't want to allow the Internet sector to flourish. I don't see that happening. They just don't want too much power in the hands of a few private tycoons because um, then you could end up with the same social instabilities that you have in Hong Kong where five families own too much and most poor Hong Kongers have no sense of upward economic mobility. You, you refer, <coughs> referred to power ending up in the hands of a few tycoons. There's a perception, of course, that the um, this crackdown on um, companies in internet companies in China is nothing to do with data. It's just um, being used as a subterfuge to uh, target people who have uh, companies who have CEOs who perhaps have... Um, been a little too critical of the uh, Communist Party or who have um, listed their um, companies um, in New York when uh, they should have been listing them in China? No. I mean, I, well, I, I mean I, that, that know, perception think... is widely reported and you look at the companies that are being cracked down, Alibaba, Didi and so on, they are companies where the leadership clearly has other issues with them quite, quite apart from personal data. So is that just a coincidence? the personal issues. I mean, well, Jack Ma I mean, himself it, it, is a party member. Uh, um, yes, but uh, Jack Ma made you know, his... Her father was a big party member as well and, and running Legend Computers. So I think that's a lot of misinformation and disinformation that goes out. I mean, the, the media will propagate that Jack Ma was in jail or in trouble when he was just floating around, traveling in Hainan, you know, going around and just keeping low. I, I don't view this as a direct attack on specific players. Um, this is an attack on... You know, in Alibaba, which was posing a systemic financial threat with Ant Financial. And when Jack Ma spoke before the Bund Summit last year in October, it was clear he didn't recognize the dangers um, that his Ant Financial posed the financial system. I mean, they ha were pushing out loans, and they didn't have to have more than 2 3% of capital um, to be able to cover those loans. 
And that's a very dangerous thing. So I think the government was right to do that. I think it's unfortunate that the government might not have done it at the right time. They might not have communicated it properly, both even within China, but also for international investors. Now, but you also brought up a more interesting point, is they're going after because of the U.S. And that's true. I mean, when you take a look at it, um, Didi's two largest shareholders are foreign. You know, Uber is an American company. These companies now are traded in the United States. Um, if you have the VI structure, which most of these Internet players have, where they're a Cayman or BVI entity, they actually don't even need approval from the Chinese regulators to go IPO. So there's starting to be concern in China, again, I think rightfully, that the U.S. is going to force a DD or Baidu to give America the data on Chinese citizens. Um, we're starting to run into a U.S.-China tech war, which I hope doesn't turn into a hot war. But it's clear that the United States is trying to destabilize and contain China through the Internet sector, Huawei, and, it, it, you know, forcing the China mobiles to delist. And it's quite clear that Didi might be an open shot for the FTC or the FBI or the CIA to come into. So there are concerns there, unfortunately. Chris Young, you're th you're, do you agree? Uh, sorry, can I say that again? Sorry. Do you agree? Your, your thoughts? you want to react to that, Chris Young? Uh, which points? Sorry, uh, just the, the analysis that uh, Mr. Rain was giving there of the situation in, in the mainland and uh, the relationship between the the tech companies, the uh, social media uh, giants, and the administration. Well, um, the I, I think in, in Hong Kong, I think the um, the I I, I, I say the the response so far show that uh, I think I think at least the big the big giants companies still like to. To stay in Hong Kong, I think they, they, uh, they, they and then um, the government response also showed that uh, they still like those uh, big uh, giant companies to to stay in Hong Kong because that still um, makes Hong Kong uh, different. I think one of the few one of the few uh, things now um, that makes Hong Kong still different from uh, other uh, say uh, uh, other parts of mainland. China, uh, that there's still a, 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 a firewall there in, in Hong Kong. Uh, companies like Facebook and, and Google, I think, still have a lot of um, their presence in, 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 in Hong Kong. So I think Hong Kong is still in, important to them. And I, I think they they, um, they are trying to put pressure, I would say, uh, through this letter to the government. Okay, I mean, what you uh, get, what, what do you get in, in, in China for one reason or another, whether it's how far it's political, how far it's strategic, how far yeah. it's economic, you can you can argue. That's what we're talking about with Sean Rain. Uh, but uh, you do have this, this problem kind of with the size of, and the influence of these of these companies, and that's really what you have in the, U the U.S. as well. It's the kind of the monopoly uh, issues which, which are of concern. Does that not apply in Hong Kong then? Do people not, the government's not worried about the size of these uh, uh, of these companies? In fact, it would rather, it would rather keep, it would rather encourage and foster and, and do what Facebook wants. Um, but still, Hong Kong is a different um, uh, mm. econ economic system, and um, uh, what the government can do, uh, even if uh, even if they think is a is is a is a, is a, is a problem, and and if um, um, if that's an issue that uh, the government thinks that they should say intervene to the market, I think that will be a a pretty a big change um, in um, in the economic policy, and what about the other sectors, um, not just the not just the IT, but many other property or 
of retail and, 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 and other and other in, in industries. And just just um, bri- so just briefly, Chris Young, on, on the effect on the, on the media, we're talking about yeah. uh, internet regulation following the closure of Apple Daily. The remaining pro-democracy um, uh, outlets in Hong Kong, Citizen News, Stan News, uh, they all tend to be um, online outlets. Um, do you, do you think that there's any link between um, restrictions the government's talking about and doxing and so on, on possible crackdown on online media outlets? Um, I think that's a, that's part of the part of part of the uh, basic policy now is to uh, is to put curbs on descending in descending views, and um, so that's uh, I think um, I think many of the things that the government has done. Uh, say uh, restrictions. Uh, I think, including this, uh, for under in in the name of uh, anti anti toxing, say uh, changes to the to the to the to the to the privacy law, and um, and and and, put, and putting together, I think that that will say erode say freedom of expression and freedom and free flow of information in Hong Kong. I think that that's um, that's. The point that I share with uh, Hoa that uh, we we uh, many of the, these things uh, uh, happen are, 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 are not are not are not positive, and uh, putting pressure and raising concerns um, among these companies on their long term future, uh, even though they deny that any companies are considering moving out. Um, but if you look at it uh, lo- logically, uh, if Hong Kong is moving in that direction. Uh, either they are forced out, or either they have to. Uh, we um, well, we relocate part of the location, and some of the uh, foreign co- foreign media company have already been 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 doing. Okay. Well, Chris Young, thanks for for joining us, uh, veteran journalist, former chairperson of the Journalists uh, Association. We we'll continue the discussion after the news at nine. We want to hear from you as well. Drop us a line, bankchat at rthk.hk. We're also going to be talking to senior counsel Neville Neville Cerrone uh, about the issue of uh, senior counsels, who's entitled uh, to become one. We'll be taking that up later at about nine twenty this morning. The weather before the news fine. There's a very hot weather warning. It's going to stay hot. Temperatures up to thirty four degrees. Uh, mainly fine in the next few. 30 Celsius now. Relative humidity is brought by communities that allege Purdue and its owners, the Sackler family, contributed to the crisis. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Bank Chat this Friday morning with uh, Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about regulating social media. Later, we're going to be talking about senior councils. Who gets to uh, be one? Uh, it's, this is a, a phone-in programme, and our number is 233-88266. Give us a call. We'll put you on air. Uh, or you can uh, comment by uh, email. That's bankchat at rthk.hk. We'll do our best to read out your messages. Uh, or you can always post on Facebook. That's bankchat on rthk radio 3 and share your thoughts there. OK, here's a couple of emails. Alan says, Backchat, as for Trump, it's not correct, as CCP apologists will say, that his removal from from some social media is censorship the same as Beijing. He was banned by private companies from their networks. He is free to publish on his own website, which he has, and recently featured on a new Twitter clone, Getter. US government had no role. The Hong Kong government railing against fake news. The problem is that no one trusts the government. The more the government tries to suppress news, the more inclined people are to believe it. Continual hysteria about black hands and colour revolutions and terrorist bombers doesn't convince anyone when we see 
the reality that it is simply a way to prosecute political critics, newspaper columnists, people waving a flag in their window. Clearly, internet freedom is the next target, which, as everyone knows, is as futile as shoveling back the tide. Anti-doxing is another pretext. Anyone can use VPNs or Tor, Signal, etc., etc., to circumvent blocks. The government can push companies in Hong Kong so it will all be hosted overseas. But Hong Kong can effectively destroy the free flow of business data and thus cripple, in, cripple industry. It seems that in the competition to kowtow lowest to she, this is where we are going. That is from Alan. And uh, John says there are two things uh, being discussed simultaneously. A, should the internet be regulated? Of course it should, and there should be, and there are some levels of regulation literally everywhere. There are many different ways to accomplish that, and jailing employees of the internet platforms is not the preferred way to regulate. So then, B, should Hong Kong employees of internet companies be subject to arbitrary arrest, jailing and prosecution as a result of things posted by users on internet platforms? This is one of the greatest concerns of the internet companies. Not that they might be forced to take posts down. They do that all the time. When the Hong Kong government started talking about legislating in its newly mainlandized system criminal offences for the employees of the big companies, the companies rightfully reacted. Their letter asked for dialogue with the government, which had not been forthcoming previously. Sadly, this is just one more sign that the rest of the world no longer has confidence in Hong Kong's administration or judicial systems. They do not trust the government to legislate reasonably and they do not trust the police to implement the law in a reasonable way and they do not trust the legal system to keep their employees safe from long-term arbitrary detention just on accusations that some vague red line might have been crossed. And the more police officers at the head of our government fulminate, the less will all international companies be prepared to trust Hong Kong. That's from John. Our, ge <coughs> our guests, as we uh, continue discussion on regulating social media, Wong Ho Wa, a member of the Election Committee for the IT Subsector and convener of the Open Data Working Group, the Internet Society of Hong Kong, and Sean Rain. Sean Rain is uh, founder of uh, China Market Research Group. Uh, Sean Rain, let's, let's go back to you. Before before the news, you were talking in quite positive terms about the uh, measures that have been taken on in the mainland to uh, rein in some of the big internet uh, giants there and about how if these measures hadn't been taken, it might, might have led to social instability. And you mentioned the sort of social instability that uh, we've, we've, we've seen in Hong Kong. And are, are you suggesting that perhaps Hong Kong can usefully learn from some of these measures that have been taken on the mainland? Well, uh, first off, I didn't say that there's a risk of social instability in China like what we saw with the rioting in Hong Kong. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon um, because most people on the mainland are supportive of what the government is doing. Now, when it comes to but Hong you Kong... Did, you did refer to social instability, didn't you? And you said that that was a reason... But I didn't talk about rioting. I didn't talk about the bigoted attacks by Hong Kongers focused on mainlanders. Okay. That's very, there's, there's a difference between social instability and firebombing people and hitting people with metal pipes. Those are very different things. Okay, let, let's now, move on to Hong Kong. Lessons, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, sorry. So do you, do you think that uh, similar measures are would, 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 there are things that Hong Kong can learn from the measures in, in China? Yeah, there are things that can be learned. So generally, I believe in freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Um, I do think that the Great Firewall needs a rethink because it's a little bit too heavy-handed at times. However, there are certainly um, limits to freedom of speech. There has to be accountability. So I think if you're a journalist or if you're an influencer and you're intentionally spreading disinformation, you need to be held accountable. I think if you're pushing for violence 
and trying to cause actual violence and attacks, then there also has to be accountability. And so I do think that social media sites need to do a far better job of policing. And then people who post also have to be held up for accountability. I'll give an example. You know, Alex Turnbull, who's the son of Australia's former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, has harassed a lot of people online, including myself. And I reported him to Twitter. And Twitter found that he did indeed violate the terms and conditions by pushing for people for self-harm or self-abuse or suicide. But he wasn't banned. He was still allowed to post whatever he wants on Twitter. That's a problem. It's also a problem, and going back to one of your points, is why should these social media sites, which are for the most part American, have the power to dictate what people in Hong Kong can or cannot say? Why should they be able to dictate what the Americans say or say not all over the world? So I do think that there should be more localized supervision, whether it be the Hong Kong government or something, or the Singaporean government in Singapore that has the right to oversee what is being said in their own country in the sake of national interest and sovereignty. And it's very dangerous right now because you see how Twitter banned the president of the United States, Donald Trump. You know, they, who's to say that they won't ban Prime Minister Modi in India if India doesn't give Twitter the tax break that Twitter wants? So there's, I do think that the world need, governments need to come together to come up with a unified policy to oversee these tech giants because they have way too much power. Why, why sorry, I didn't see that last step. Why, why would the world have to come together to have a unified policy? Surely you're saying that, uh, each place would be different. Each place would have their own policy. They should have their own policy of how to look at um, censorship and what's allowed and not allowed to be said. But you have to have a policy where the go world governments agree to that and, and be able to say it's not right for Twitter to be able to ban somebody whenever they want to ban some politician if they don't get what they like. There has to be rules on that. You know, I don't like Donald Trump at all, but I don't think it's fair how he's been banned by so many social media sites. Uh, of course, the argument would be that, well, these are private companies, and you can, as one of the emails said, you could always just set up your own uh, uh, company if you, if you don't like it. Uh, you... Yeah, and that's what China did with Sina Weibo, and they get criticized. So, I, I mean, it's, you know, they're private companies, but they also have to be better regulated. In many ways, the social media companies have become so powerful that they need to have, they've almost become like a public good or but, a public but, bad but, in the case. But if you don't like Twitter, if you don't like, if, you th if you're complaining about somebody not being banned from Twitter, then you go on to another platform. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Not really, because, you know, you have these people will post stuff about you that are lies or innuendo. And even if you're not on the platform, you know, you can get thousands or hundreds of thousands of people retweeting or liking something. I've had people accuse me of being arrested and in jail, which I'm not, and I never have been. And that gets retweeted thousands of times. That, so I, I should be able to say to Twitter, this is not right. Now, they eventually will respond, yes, that is not right, and they'll force the person maybe, maybe, to take down that tweet two or three weeks or four weeks later. It takes them far too long. Um, but then because of the nature, I've had to contact police in different cities uh, and legal representation in different countries, I mean, in order to try to stop people from spreading innuendo. It gets extraordinarily costly, 
and time-consuming when people are spreading lies and rumours about you. Wong Ho Wah, what do you make of what you've been hearing, and particularly this, this point about what, why should uh, sort of foreign companies really be de- deciding what can and cannot be published in Hong Kong? Uh, one point I, I really agree is that so uh, it's quite different from the uh, uh, regulation that uh, so the citizen or the citizen or the uh, customer of the social platform they always have the uh, freedom to choose and leave a platform and then if that platform is full of fake news or like rumor then the, the people can really go away from that and then just use a better platform so so yes yeah. But do you, do you, do you agree that there's there's something inequitous that people in uh, in uh, in the US in Facebook or Google can be decide, deciding what is and is not allowed to be published in Hong Kong, and setting their own rules? We haven't had a Donald Trump-like incident in Hong Kong so far. So it is really controversial. To be honest, in some cases, it is uh, some some uh, regulation or like some rules in the Facebook uh, content approval mechanism is uh, being criticized by lot lot just uh, in Hong Kong, but also in US. So that needs to be improved. But however, if uh, some regulation is is even more restrictive than the uh, social media platform, then the citizen or citizen they do not have a, a choice to leave or choose which platform because it's applied to all platforms. So the situation would be quite different. Okay, and can you ever imagine a situation where organisations like Facebook and um, Instagram and so on get end up getting banned in Hong Kong? Do you think that's something that uh, could could happen further down the road? I I guess it is uh, not quite possible at this stage, but really depends because things change really quick in this year. So um, they already uh, clarified that they are they have looked. None of the company have any plan to leave Hong Kong region. So in such, uh, Hong Kong citizens can still use their servers. But uh, that I I need to think, uh, like Hong Kong need to think about that. Uh, once the uh, anti-dosing uh, amendment already passed, then would there be some content that not being unpublished, but uh, against the Hong Kong regulation? In that case, either the Hong Kong would uh, lose uh, the, the, the punish the company or the staff, or they can block the website. So, it, which is not ideal case either. If Facebook and Google uh, left and stopped stopped operating uh, in in Hong Kong, would that kind of be the end of Hong Kong? Well, that's I cannot imagine because the impact would be so huge. It's mm. not just about the the usual activity like we use Instagram or YouTube. However, it's more like on the business in the corporation. They also use the Google service indeed. But there's two different things here, isn't there? They could shut down their operations in Hong Kong, but Hong Kong remains outside the Great Firewall and Hong Kong users could still use it. And then the the, 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 the next stage, the most extreme step, would be that the Great Firewall extends to Hong Kong and you can't even access uh, Facebook and Google services and so on without a VPN. So, yes, that's I agree. So there would be two level impacts. So the very first would be if the uh, Google or the tech giant leave the Hong Kong, uh, just abandon the Hong Kong office, then... Uh, the still the company or the corporation can still use the uh, service anyway because the data center is always oversee. But then if the worst case is, which is out of the company control, because the second case would be if the government brought the, their website or access or not from Hong Kong people, right? That is out of the uh, company control. But if that really happens, then it can be really worse, really worse because then that means that the service is being 
uh, suspend and Hong Kong can no longer use their service, then the impact will be really huge. Sure, Sean Rain, how, how about the, the curious position that uh, uh, the big tech giants uh, overseas ones like Facebook and Google are currently in in terms of their position in Hong Kong and China? Of course, um, Google actually left mainland China, didn't it? And then it, 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 it moved to Hong Kong and they, at the moment, they are... Not really. Exam- well, I mean, okay. Google has huge. Google has huge operations in China. Um, they're actually one of my close neighbors. Uh, are at Google, so they have huge R and D. They have huge advertising. So, for instance, Facebook actually sells five billion U.S. dollars uh, into China, but it's all ads. So, Google chose to leave uh, its search engine business, but Google itself is thriving in China. So if you talk more specifically about it, could, we, could you envisage they chose to leave the search engine business from the, and they specifically said because they didn't want it to be censored at the time, didn't they? They relocated to Hong Kong. Could you envisage a situation where they pulled the search engine business out of Hong Kong as well, but perhaps kept other aspects of their business as you say they do on the mainland? I could see that, yeah. I think for a lot of these tech companies, they're going to see Hong Kong as such a relatively tiny market. Uh, it just might not be worthwhile for them to deal with the regulatory environment, deal with protests on either side. It just might not be worth it from them from a financial standpoint to remain in Hong Kong. And I actually think that's one of the reasons why Google took its search engine business outside of China. Um, if they were generating billions of year in profits, I'm not sure they would have actually left the mainland market. Um, they actually... Um, had about a 70-80% market share of the search engine mark, a business in China in around 2000. And then when Baidu IPO'd, it was cash rich, was much better at doing Chinese language search. And Baidu was able to then move up quickly and defeat Kaifu Lee and Google and be able to control about 80% of the Chinese language search engine market, market. So I actually think that Google left partly because of censorship, but frankly, a much larger reason was because it was getting defeated by Baidu. Um, you know, you sort of wonder if they hated China's censorship, why didn't they just leave China completely? You know, that would have sent to me a much stronger signal that they were doing this for their belief or ideological reasons rather than they just didn't want to waste money in a losing battle. But I do think that there is definitely a risk for Hong Kong to lose Google. Facebook, all of these other American internet players, because it's probably just not worth um, the political risk right now. So, and Facebook, of course, has been desperate to get back into Ch- or to get into China properly um, for a long time, hasn't it? So again, you're saying that uh, Hong Kong would be a very small issue by comparison for them. Yes, and I, I think Facebook is is selling a ton into China um, on their advertising sales. You know, about five billion U.S. dollars a year. Um, before COVID. I don't know what the current numbers are for 2021. Um, Facebook has largely stopped trying to open up the actual Facebook platform in China. Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, was certainly cozying up to President Xi Jinping for a couple years. But in the last year or two, Zuckerberg has become very critical, more critical than Tim Cook at Apple or Puchai at um, Google. Uh, on criticizing China. And he actually last year during some Congress congressional meetings in the United States said that the United States needed to deal with China um, because it was a massive national security risk. So I don't expect Zuckerberg and Facebook anytime soon to try to get the Facebook web page back into the mainland, but they're certainly going to continue to try to profit off of China by selling ad space.
Okay, well, Sean Ray, many thanks for joining us, founder of uh, China Market Research Group. Thanks to uh, Wang Ho Wah, a member of the Election Committee, the IT subsector, a convener uh, of uh, Conveyor uh, Open Data Working Group uh, with the Internet Society of Hong Kong. Thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us. A uh, couple of uh, messages. Uh, Jay says, let's give a big, big congratulations to the police and the immigration today, doing their job properly without discrimination and politics, raiding restaurants that we're not conforming to social distancing. As for those caught, do as I say and not what I do. We ain't having that. Good job, uh, police. Uh, thanks for that. They didn't actually raid the restaurants. And also, it was it was police. Uh, the immigration chief was caught there, wasn't he? But it was the police who actually took the action. Yeah, that's right, I think, yeah. Uh, and uh, one piece uh, thoughts from Alonso on the efficacy of Sinovac. Alonso says, a recent surge in new COVID cases from countries such as the Seychelles, Mongolia and the UAE have been large, which have been largely vaccinated with Chinese and AstraZeneca shots, i.e. not with the more effective mRNA shots produced by uh, Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna, have raised concerns about the efficacy of Chinese vaccines. Yesterday, when asked about Singapore's decision to exclude those who have received Sinovac shots from the country's vaccination figures due to rising uncertainty about its efficacy against the Delta variant, the convener of the Hong Kong government's COVID advisory panel, Wallace Lau, appeared to brush aside the question by simply replying that data from the manufacturer show that it's effective against COVID variants. His comments are unlikely to assuage the fears of the Hong Kong public, particularly the youth, a significant portion of which, correctly or not, has an anti-China default setting. Latest Hong Kong vaccination stats reflect this stance with a pronounced preference among the public for the BioNTech option. Yesterday's first vaccination numbers show only uh, around 30% of locals are choosing Sinovac. This compares with 45 to 50% a month ago. Assuming that this trend of a growing preference for the BioNTech shop uh, accelerates, will the Hong Kong government ramp up its orders for the vaccine from Fosun? If so, will they still be manufactured in Germany or will future orders be made in China by Fosun? Given that BioNTech's proposed Asian headquarters manufacturing base in Singapore won't be operational until 2023. That's from uh, Alonso. Moving on, the government has announced proposals to bring forward uh, plans for legislation to um, open up uh, the uh, position of senior counsel. Senior counsel is a position that's always been, uh, until now, or is currently reserved for senior barristers, but under the amendment bill which the uh, government uh, pr proposes to table next week, if that is passed, uh, then for the first time some solicitors would become eligible to become senior counsels as well. Now, it's a very limited category of um, solicitors. It's solicitors working in the department. Department of Justice, and they could only hold that title while they're still working in the Department of Justice. But nonetheless, the government's proposal has aroused um, opposition from the uh, bar, from the bar association. And joining us is uh, Neville Cerrone, who is himself a senior counsel as well as head of PI Chambers. Uh, good morning, Mr. Cerrone. Welcome to Backchat. Good morning. So why is the why is the bar so? As I said, it, this is actually a very limited proposal. Um, it only applies to solicitors working in the Department of Justice, and the government argues that that they're actually doing that in the Department of Justice. Solicitors and barristers are essentially doing the same job, and they would only keep this title for as long as they're in the Department of Justice. So why why is this such a big issue? Well, this is my personal view. Okay, understood. Yes, expressing a view on, on behalf of the bar. Yeah. <coughs> The, the reality is that it's a very good idea on the part of the Secretary of Justice to try to do something to raise morale within the Department of Justice. But th these are different animals. 
senior counsel simply the top of the tree for the career barrister. And it's the sort of thing that you, you aim for from the first days that you start. Uh, the, the Secretary for Justice's idea is to create this possibility for people in the Department of Justice who are not barristers to be given the title of senior counsel. But as you say, they would only have that title whilst they were in the department. So it is purely allied to the department. So there will, of course, be, uh, forgive me, genuine senior counsel in the Department of Justice. And then there will be this second tier uh, of, of people who've got the title. But you, you don't change something by simply sticking a, a label on it. And the, the reality is that barristers, let's say barristers in the private sector, are an incredibly critical part of the system of justice because they are independent. And that independence is probably the most important feature uh, of, of a barrister's life. Uh, we're available to absolutely anybody. Uh, we're available for hire. We don't uh, belong to, to any organization. We're allowed to. We have to be self-employed, which means that uh, any solicitor can instruct us and we can take on, uh, on any task. But sometimes people think, oh, senior counsel, wonderful, we can make money. Actually, there's a risk because sometimes people, we call it taking silk, sometimes become senior counsel. And then they discover that whereas they were popular as juniors, people are not prepared to pay the extra for them as senior counsel. So it can be, can be a risk and it can knock somebody's practice back. Yes. But more than that, sorry. No, that's okay. It's not cost, but again, it comes back to what, why is there such a problem with them using the? If in the Department of Justice, um, it's different uh, in the very different in the private bar. But in the Department of Justice, the solicitors and barristers are essentially doing very similar jobs. Um, Grenville Cross has raised uh, the example of someone who was a solicitor in the Department of Justice and had to actually go off and um, uh, do pupillage and switch to become a barrister and then came back to do, do the same job and then could get uh, could get silk. Uh, so if people have to go through those, those sort of charades, surely just, just recognise the Department of Justice is different and so different rules would apply there. Well, forgive me, it's not a charade. Please, please that, go on. That, yeah. that, that period of, of pupillage is a, is a critical part. Ordinarily, a barrister will do 12 months. And that 12 months is not just to do nuts and bolts. It's to learn the ethics of the profession and the conventions which are not written down. So asking people who want to take silk from the Department of Justice, if they're solicitors to change over to the bar, which is a very simple process, and then to come and do three months pupillage, which is a dispensation anyway, gives them an opportunity to actually come and, and find out what the ethics of the profession are, are all about. Now that is a, a very small thing to do. And whilst they're doing that, not like the ordinary barrister who is unpaid, the, the people in the uh, Department of, of Justice will be receiving their full salary. So not only is, is it not a, a penalty for them, but it is a huge birth, a, a huge benefit. And they're paid for it, and they get this opportunity to come and, and swim in, in the sea of, of convention, which we have grown up in, which is really an enhancing their knowledge. 
Now, they're, they're, not, they're, not being, they're not being banned or barred. Yeah. It's simply a short step and stepping out of the department for, for three months. A, a number of people, a number of lawyers, so solicitors have put forward far more radical proposals for the bar in, in recent weeks. They've talked about removing uh, the bar, bar association's uh, right to regulate the profession. Some people have talked about fusion of the profession again. Um, are, are you concerned that more radical changes may be on the way after if, after, if this one is successful? Well, in this day and age, you never know what's around the corner. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of uh, very radical people with um, strange ideas. Solicitors have, um, for, for years, been, been trying to, to do away with the distinction. But the reality is, it's, it's a division of labor. Barristers, most barristers' work is advocacy in court. The solicitor's job is, is the preparation, meeting the client, preparing the case, uh, and, and it has worked for hundreds of years. And really, if it ain't broke, why do you want to fix it? OK, well, uh, Neville Cerrone, thanks for joining us, Senior Counsel, uh, Head of uh, 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 PI Chambers. Uh, was it PI Chambers? Um, thanks very much indeed. Uh, just a few uh, emails to uh, round off the uh, discussion. Alan says, uh, Backchat, your American Wumao guest, sorry, missed his name, wants government to have total control over the internet because he's not happy about things said about him. What he really means is that he wants to be able to immediately veto what anyone uh, ever says about him. The only way that's possible is that with an Orwellian Ministry of Truth that centralises all the internet under the government. Great for him so he can say what he likes in support of the CCP, not so much for those who hold other opinions. There is a problem with a few very large social media companies that have too much market domination. The solution to that is antitrust, to break them up so there is more platform choice, not to move administration from Silicon Valley to Beijing. Uh, that's from uh, Alan. Uh, Jay says, if Facebook closed down in Hong Kong, oh my gosh, what would the youth of today do? They would be lost. Release the stress. Uh, and uh, I had it, says Pfizer, BioNTech is more popular, so we can travel to European countries without prejudice. Otherwise, China vaccine would have been uh, taken. And GT says uh, we should regulate to stop anonymity. If people can be identified, then they will think before placing lies or items deemed illegal. That's from GT. Thanks very much indeed uh, for those comments. Oh, yeah, sorry, one on, on, more on Facebook. Uh, TC, who says there's a simple way to deal with misinformation. The person or party affected by fake news can pursue legal avenues and sue for uh, uh, defamation. Thanks very much indeed for that. Oh, one more. OK, this is Eugene. Uh, please ask Mr Cerrone. Sorry, he's gone. Uh, why the government should uh, at all endorse the title that enables barristers to charge higher fees and earn greater market representation for a private trade guild? We don't have government-endorsed senior plumbers. The rule of law and independent bar won't crumble if this anachronistic practice is watered down or ended entirely. As any lawyer knows, SCs are of very variable quality. I'm a Democrat, but fusion, an end to wigs and gowns and the like, are all long overdue. That's from Eugene. Thank you very much indeed for that, Danny. Thank you very much. Uh, here's the weather before we go. Uh, fine. Very hot. Temperatures up to 34 degrees. Mainly fine and very hot in the next few days. 30 Celsius now. Relative humidity is at 72%. Have a good weekend. To defeat the COVID-19 epidemic and resume normal life, everyone should get vaccinated. No matter how young or fit we are, we may still be infected. 
Even if the infection is mild, the disease may also have a long-term impact on your health. Vaccination provides protection to ward off new strains of the virus. For the health of yourself and your family, and for the resumption of normal life, go for it. We will win by getting vaccinated together. 32, the news now with Samantha Butler. Southern District Councillor Paul Zimmerman is urging the government to stop playing what he called a scare game over the fate of district councillors, saying it's extremely unhealthy. At least 70 district councillors have reportedly resigned in the past few days amid rumours that if they're disqualified, authorities will recoup their salaries and allowances. Following a backlash, the University of Hong Kong's Student Union Council has withdrawn a motion that expressed sadness at a man's suicide after he stabbed a police officer last week. At a press briefing overnight, the union's head, Guok Wing Ho, said the content of the motion was seriously inappropriate and it had no intention of encouraging illegal acts. And President Biden has defended the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, saying the status quo was not an option. He insisted the U.S. military had achieved its goals by punishing the perpetrators of the September the 11th attacks. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer and Interpreter of Beethoven. As well. Oh, so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. The side of what's happening behind the lift. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Well, very good morning to you. Sunny Friday it is. It's great to be back with you. Lots going on today, especially after 11 with Danny Hicks. For a bumper, sports and all, today Olympics with some big new housekeeping and announcements. Basically no spectators, it's got everybody all a twitch. And of course we're going to be talking footy. It's the first time since 1996 that England will appear in a major men's final. So, among other things, he'll compare the 66 squad and the Today squad. After 12, we're off to the movies with reviews of Black Widow, Collective, Sister and 1921 with our man James Marsh, who knows marginally less about football than me and I really wasn't aware much was going on in the first place. Join Marshy and Danny on Facebook Live with your comments and your wisdom. 